Hey, we're back here on the Carolina Outdoors and sure glad that you're joining us. Whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT Radio early on a Saturday morning or maybe you subscribe to us via podcast, just type in the Carolina Outdoors, rate and review us. It helps other people find us. You've got Bill Barty on this side and over there. You've got Wes Lawson over here. On that side and... Wes, of course, Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's is coming up October 14th at 6 o'clock. Come here, A Neighbor's Adventure, three 20-minute stories. Scott Von Cannon, A Day Goodbye. We heard from him last week. Mm-hmm. Woody Connett, we're talking to him later on in the program, 50 Summits. And Lauren Perdue Britt, she's going to be talking about her story, The Gold. And it's going to be a great one. Um, Lauren is in the commercial real estate business and living here in Charlotte. This is the city that she moved to years ago to train and pursue her dream of being an Olympian. It was also a dream of her family. Well, um, first of all, Bill, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show, and I'm looking forward to next week. Um, Really exciting to be part of the Storyteller um, show next week, but yeah, so I um, I grew up in Greenville, North Carolina, and, you know, I was kind of part of a, I guess what you'd call a swimming-obsessed family. Um, my Both my parents swam collegiately. Um, my sister also swam in college, actually, at UVA um, with me uh, while I was there, and then my brother ended up swimming at um, Carolina. So growing up, you know, we were just immersed in the water from an early age, and just all of us just kind of had this passion for for swimming um, that really just grew over time. Many people don't know that she took the swimming world by storm about 12 years ago. You know, Bill, from 2009 to 2012, she swam for the University of Virginia, winning 19 ACC championships, 16 All-American honors, and was named the ACC Swimmer of the Year and ACC Swimmer of the Championships in 2010, 2011 and 2013. How does someone get to that level of competitiveness? They train. When Lauren was in her top form, she was swimming between 7 and 10,000 meters in the water each day, which took three and a half or more hours six days a week. And Wes, I was amazed to learn uh, if you just took a day or two off, how much that could affect your time and your time would drop. Mm-hmm. That's right. So therefore, she had to hit that all the time. Really just kind of remembering, you know, what drew me to the sport from the beginning, and that is just my love for water, my love, you know, of being in the water, moving through the water, um, my teammates, you know, every good part about the sport, um, you know, it's, it's important to remind yourself that when you're going through challenging times. Now, what happened in 2012? Well, Lauren suffered injuries that could have ended her swimming career. In a sport that can be looked at as gentle and flowing, Purdue was forced to explain to people how this happened. You know, a lot of people um, will, will ask me, how did you have so many injuries? You know, swimming is supposed to be a, you know, it's a non-contact sport. It's supposed to be good for your joints and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, I just answer, you know, anything in moderation is good. Anything that goes above that, beyond that, you know, can be detrimental to your body. And at that time, I was just, I was being overtrained. I was swimming too much, um, 
you know, it's too hard on my joints. And in 2011, um, kind of the summer before my junior year, I started having this really bad back pain. And as any athlete does, you're, you know, you're encouraged to work through the pain, to tough it out, which is what I was doing. And it just got so bad that, you know, I, I could barely walk. I, I couldn't sit comfortably. I definitely could not swim well um, with the pain. And so um, I ended up, you know, going to obviously seeing a physician and they determined I had a stress fracture in my lower spine from swimming. You know, the sport that's supposed to be the most gentle on your body. So um, it's kind of an, you know, it's very ironic, um, you know, having a stress fracture in your back from, from the sport that's supposed to be, you know, kind of easy on your joints. But anyway, so I, I ended up getting this surgery um, to correct the issue, and the surgery was actually only three and a half months before the 2012 Olympic trials, which is where you go to try out for the Olympic team. So, you know, I just you know, basically years and years and years of working up to this goal of being an Olympian were just kind of all dashed. You know, I just felt like all of my dreams, you know, up to that point were just gone. I had no shot, no chance. And um, so, you know, I I ended up um, having the surgery and was out of the water for about five weeks recovering, got back into the water, was really only kind of back in training for probably a month or so before um, I had to go to the Olympic trials and, you know, ended up really surprising myself, my coaches, my family, really everybody um, in, you know, what I ended up being able to accomplish at Olympic trials. So what happened? Are her Olympic hopes dashed? Remember her parents. Now, both her mom and dad, both highly competitive collegiate swimmers. We learned about that earlier. In fact, her dad, Dr. Philip Perdue, an orthopedic surgeon in Greenville, North Carolina, barely missed making the U.S. men's swim team by only half a second in 1980. That was the year that the Olympics were held in Moscow, and it's also the year that the Olympics were boycotted by the United States. Yeah, so, um, you know, my, I was very fortunate. My, even though both my parents were D1, you know, collegiate, collegiate swimmers, they were always very careful not to over push us in swimming. They really let us from an early age kind of choose whatever sport we wanted to choose. And to their, you know, um, surprise and probably joy, uh, we ended up choosing swimming, all, you know, all three of us. So um, they were really careful not to, you know, I guess, push their expectations and feelings onto us. You know, they kind of let us, you know, carve our own path through the sport. And so when I ended up making the Olympic team, um, I mean, you know, there was really, I I felt no pressure at all, you know, definitely not from my family. Um, They just wanted the best for me and wanted me to, you know, do the best I could. But when I did make the Olympic team, um, I mean, it definitely was a family, you know, kind of felt like a combined family effort. And I know that it meant the world to my dad um, being able to, to achieve this dream that he had, you know, years and years and years before. After all the training, injuries, and surgeries, and then recovery, Lauren Perdue is able to make the team. She's heading for the 2012 Olympics in London, but she'll have more distractions. Maybe a brush with an NBA superstar and an innocent tweet afterwards ends up putting Lauren in the spotlight internationally periodicals and publications across the U.S. and world cover this interaction with stardom and how she handled it. 
there were some defenders and some critics. Imagine that on Twitter, Bill. I um, had the privilege of meeting several of the basketball players who um, at the time were not staying in the Olympic Village because of their, you know, high profile. I mean, they were basically swarmed on the spot, you know, by all of these world-class athletes, but they are just kind of a whole nother tier, you know, um, internationally. And so they were staying kind of outside of the village, but they were um, actually ended up coming into the village to meet some of the swimmers. They were friends with Michael Phelps and a couple of the other swimmers. So I had the, you know, privilege of meeting some of them and um, was talking to LeBron James and, you know, very, very nice guy. Um, and at this time, you're 21 years old. Mm -hmm. He's 27. So, I mean, uh, two young Americans in London. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we were just kind of chatting and kind of towards the end of the conversation, um, he just kind of made a comment like, you know, would you like to join me for dinner? And... Obviously, you know, when someone at that kind of level of fame and recognition asks you something like that, you're kind of starstruck. And I, you know, kind of probably blushed very red and <laughs> said, um, you know, thank you so much. But um, we ended up, um, we had a curfew we had to adhere to. And, and so I said, you know, I have a curfew. I've got to stay here in the Olympic Village, but thank you. And, um, and then also, you know, I, I did know that he was, you know, dating someone or engaged to someone at the time, probably, you know, I think he had a kid on the way or already had a child, but um, it just, I had a feeling it just wouldn't look good. So I respectfully said, no, thank you. And um, then I made a very <laughs> immature decision after that. And I tweeted, this was when Twitter was a thing and Instagram was not so much a thing. Um, I tweeted a photo of the two of us and said something like, you know, guess who just asked me out to dinner or something like that, to that effect. And that is what went vi viral um, all over. You know, like I woke up the next day and I had all these messages and, you know, it was on E! e Entertainment. It was on Yahoo Sports, you know, all these other outlets. And I just immediately just regretted that so much. And, you know, to put him in that position as well and, um, so anyway, it was a big learning experience for me. You know, I was young, naive. Social media was starting to become a big thing. Um, not as big as it is now, but anyway, it was a, a good learning experience. When a group of rivals that compete against each other in meets across the United States come together on a U.S. team, do they become friends? Lauren Perdue Britt says yes, but nine-plus years after her Olympic gold, do they keep up with each other, or does life get in the way? I'd say, you know, five years out, you know, five years from the Olympics, we, we were still in touch. Um, I was still, you know, trying to swim a little bit, and, and so, you know, I did get to see some of these swimmers, um, you know, once a year or whatever. But now being retired completely from swimming, it's just, you know, it's, it's just tough. I mean, we're all kind of scattered across the country. Um, I do feel like if, if we were all together again, it would be, you know, we'd pick up right where we left off. Lauren Perdue is now Lauren Perdue Britt. She married native Charlottean Jonathan Britt and enjoys her new professional and private life here in the Charlotte area. However, as a retired swimmer, is she recognized as a gold medalist? 
Not, uh, no, not really, um, which is fine with me. I, I've never really loved the spotlight. But um, I'd say at, at UVA, that year after the Olympics, I was recognized on campus, um, which was, you know, kind of a cool feeling. But then when that kind of started to fade, you know, I was fine with it. I just, you know, I just like being... Lauren Purdue Brett, you know, just a regular person. But not just a regular person. We all have stories, and many of them should be celebrated. They involve the ups and downs of life, but when they're shared, it allows others to recollect their own story and celebrate it. Somewhere along the way is some inspiration and aspiration to search out adventure, take on those obstacles, and fight through those distractions. Win or lose, you have your story. We hope that you'll come out and hear Lauren Purdue Britt at Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. Her story, The Gold, going alongside A Day Goodbye by Scott Von Cannon and 50 Summits by Woody Connett. We'll have a few snacks there at Jesse Brown's Thursday, October 14th at 6 p.m. We'll see you there.